What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Monday, August 9th. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I'm Aaron Ryan, and this is What A Day, celebrating the USA for winning the most medals at the Olympics while we did the important job of figuring out how to watch it. <laughs> yes, that's right. Successfully using peacock should really be an Olympic sport, honestly. Yes, and I would be disqualified for throwing a tantrum. Same. Yes. Booted in the first 30 seconds. Not a lot back ever. <laughs> On today's show, the Taliban seizes several cities in Afghanistan, plus the Dixie Fire in California becomes the state's second biggest wildfire in history. But first, we introduce you to a new project by Crooked to protect our elections and help you find out about how to get involved locally. That's because, believe it or not, yet another major election season is on the horizon. The midterms are coming in 2022. I'm still writing 2016 on all my checks. Can't believe 2022 is coming up. (laughs) The outcomes of these races from state legislative on up are going to be crucial on all sorts of issues. Voter rights, reproductive rights, climate change, pandemic recovery, and more. That's right. And Crooked has a campaign starting today to support local organizers that are on the ground, educate and register more people to vote and fight misinformation around the polls. It is called No Off Years. And our political director, Shaniqua McClendon, is with me to let us know what it is all about, how you can find out more and help with these important local races. So, Shaniqua, what are some of the things that No Off Years is trying to accomplish? Kind of first and foremost, we want everyone to really get bought into the idea that this electoral work um, and political organizing is not something that only happens in a quote unquote election year. It sounds like it's really early and the midterms are really far away, but we're going to have to show up uh, even more uh, for 2022. And it's really important that we get started now. So some of the activities we'll have people getting involved in uh, is helping with voter registration. There are so many folks getting purged from voting rolls. Um, there are so many right. new people getting registered for the first time, uh, people becoming new Americans who can are eligible to vote now, and a lot of uh, young people who are turning 18 for the first time. So mm-hmm. we're going to be focused a lot on voter registration, getting those people registered now. So that's like one less thing uh, that will take up our, our time next year. Why in this year and next especially, when the attention is going to be so much, I think, on House and Senate, as it often is, should we also make sure that we're focusing on these local races that are below that as well? The position would not exist and and have elections if it didn't impact your life in some way. So we should be concerned about any election that's happening. But ultimately, these state legislatures um, control, you know, a lot of the fights we have at the national level about the minimum wage, abortion access, voting, uh, voting rights, the state legislatures are making a lot of these decisions. Uh, and especially as you look at our federal government and the Supreme Court and some of the decisions, you know, things that Congress can and cannot do because Democrats don't have um, a huge majority or decisions coming out of the Supreme Court. State legislatures, if you're lucky, they can be a protection against any bad things coming down from the federal government. But in reality, they make a lot of decisions about your life. Our state legislatures, you know, people don't pay a ton of attention to them, but they are very important and actually are why we're kind of in the situation we're in now. 
Right. And do you have an early sense of what is likely going to be defining some of these races? Like, is there anything that that has jumped out so far? I don't know that voters are paying as much attention as we would like them to be to voter suppression laws. But Mm. I do think it's what's going to ultimately have the biggest impact on what our elections look like. I think the other thing that is just top of mind for people right now is um, continues to be our COVID recovery. The Biden administration has done a really good job of making it clear what they're doing. They're prioritizing um, vaccines. But if you go down to the state level, and again, this is why these elections are so, so important. You have legislatures and you have governors who are saying, well, we don't care what Biden says, you know, Mm -hmm. no mask mandates for us. I just hope the people who are, have been resistant up until this point are, are seeing a lot of these news accounts of people who didn't get vaccinated and are now um, really regretting it. But I think that's going to be something that's very top of mind. And then, of course, the way the economy ties into that. How does this all play out, if at all, in primaries like the recent one in Ohio's 11th congressional district? I think from the outside, people were defining it as a progressive versus a moderate, which is the sort of reductive thing we always tend to see in in these kinds of contests. But um, are the issues that we see coming up in races like that, which just took place this past week, most often super local? Or um, are these other things sort of like seeping down into that, even in a, a primary where on issues related to COVID, both Democratic candidates are probably pretty closely aligned? Yeah, you know, honestly, I do think a lot of the national kind of fights, if you will, are trickling down a bit to um, the elections that we're seeing. Um, You know, in the past, I don't think we would have seen so much attention on a house, a special election house race, especially one that was not the general election. It was just a primary. Um, And, you know, the primary in this instance will determine who ultimately wins because it's a, a pretty democratic district. But honestly, I, I do think the outcome of that election was was local. But, you know, I look at Cori Bush um, and, and the protests that she um, led to, to get the morator- eviction moratorium back in place. And I think it would be great to have more people like her who, you know, she was she beat an incumbent. She beat a long term right. uh, incumbent and Democrats protect their incumbents. And um, if she hadn't won, I don't think that demonstration would have happened. And, no way. you know, who knows if we would have the eviction moratorium back in place. So, I just, um, again, in this specific case, I think I think we saw the outcome of what the voters wanted. But I, I do hope that national figures stay out of these fights a little bit because it's it's a little discouraging to see why they stand behind someone versus um, why they're against some of these candidates. That's a good jumping off point to talk about um, examples of other local races that people should be paying attention to at this moment and and why and. Obviously, there's tons, but that could be anything that is on the Secretary of State front, um, things that have to do with education, state legislature, yeah, anything. Uh, so this year, uh, there's a gubernatorial election in Virginia, and right now, Democrats have uh, Ralph Northam in place right now, but he's term limited. So they're having another election. Terry McAuliffe, who's former Virginia governor, is um, the Democratic candidate. And so we feel good about him being reelected. Uh, But in order for him to be successful, uh, Democrats will have to hold on to the House of Delegates. If for some reason they are not able to hold on to it, it will be much harder for Terry McAuliffe to advance um, a progressive agenda. 
you know, if you're in the DMV area, um, which is DC, Maryland and Virginia, um, you know, try to get down there and volunteer, especially for these legislative races, because they will determine what the future of Virginia looks like. What happens in Virginia will tell a story about what we'll see in the midterms next year. And we need all the momentum we can. Um, And just one, um, this is one race, but secretaries of state races are happening um, across the country next year. But in particular, looking at Arizona, a state that we have seen try to force this big lie down our throats and say we Mm -hmm. need to audit the election results and that it was rigged in some way, which we know it wasn't. uh, But Republicans have continued to push this. And the Democratic secretary of state there criticized the audit that they were doing. And the state legislature, this goes back to the importance of state legislatures, they voted to strip her of her powers as secretary of state and give those over to the attorney general, who is a Republican. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that race is going to be very important. You know, she's kind of been stripped of her powers already, and the stripping of those powers expires at the end of her term. So it's very Mm -hmm. targeted uh, on her. But right now, there will be an election um, next year to fill this seat. And there are a few Democrats and a few Republicans running Uh, But one of the Republicans who is running for secretary of state, he's in uh, the legislature right now, but he was he participated in the insurrection. And so, (laughs) you know, which means he is really bought into this rigged election and he needs to be nowhere near a secretary of state uh, position. So there are so many elections that happen uh, lower down the ballot that have a lot of power. And so I just hope everyone is paying attention to to all of those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're crazy important. Um, how in sort of practical terms is no off years planning to combat voter suppression, you know, that has unfolded and will continue to unfold across the country? Yeah, you know, something I um, want to just like make really clear is that we can't out organize the voter suppression. Mm-hmm. Congress has to act, you know, our elected officials need to pass laws um, that um, protect voters and advance pro voter policies. Uh, But what we can do is let people know what laws are on the books. We can let them know um, what they need to do. We can encourage them to continuously check their voter registration, make sure it's valid, make sure they haven't been purged from the voter rolls, and also make sure that we are investing in the organizations that are um, going to be engaging with voters. So in addition to voter registration and the other things that I mentioned as part of our No Off Years program, we'll also uh, be encouraging people to contribute to grassroots organizations. Everyone should continue to call on their lawmakers to do something, but we don't get to go into the chamber and cast a vote. So while they're doing that, we want people to get involved in this way. Um, and they can do that um, by checking out votesaveamerica.com slash no off years. And just for our purposes, in the coming weeks, we're going to be airing conversations with a lot of different candidates like India Walton, who is the Democratic nominee for the mayor of Buffalo, New York, mm-hmm. uh, Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin, who just yeah. entered the um, Senate race as a Democratic challenger to Senator Ron Johnson and many more. The interesting thing about the two of them is they also have a lot of this organizing background that you are yeah. talking about and different organizations um, had supported them along the way and continue to. So what are some good ways for people to learn um, either more about the candidates in races that are near them or the organizations that are involved in lifting these candidates up? So through our No Off Years program, we will be highlighting organizations that are on the ground now doing good work because we want people to volunteer with them and we want people to donate to them. Um, As we get into next year, we'll start to layer in that information about the candidates. But 
as you all probably know, I mean, you just said you all are interviewing uh, Mandela Barnes and our other shows will continue to have guests on so that people can get familiar with these candidates. So you should listen to all Crooked Media podcasts, um, but continue to check out Vote Save America to get that information on the candidates. Thank you for the plug for our show <laughs> as well as what you're working on. Uh, Shaniqua, thank you so much again for taking so much time. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. We'll have a link in our show notes as well so you can be a part of No Off Years, but that is the latest for now. It's Monday, Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we are talking about the ongoing feud between celebs and Big Soap. So there has been a puzzling trend lately of famous actors and actresses revealing how infrequently they wash their bodies in the shower, starting with this confession by Ashton Kutcher on Dax Shepard's podcast, Armchair Experts. I wash my armpits and my crotch daily and nothing else ever. Mm -hmm. Okay, relatable. Uh, Days later, Jake Gyllenhaal signaled his support, saying in a Vanity Fair interview that, quote, I do think that there's a whole world of not bathing that is also really helpful for skin maintenance, and we naturally clean ourselves. Then Dwayne The Rock Johnson (laughs) waded into the self-cleaning body discourse late last week, tweeting that, quote, Nope, I'm the opposite of a not-washing-themselves celeb. Shower, parentheses, cold, when I roll out of bed to get my day rolling. Shower, parentheses, warm, after my workout before work. Shower, parentheses, hot, after I get home from work. Psychotic. Okay, so the challenge here seems to be finding a happy medium between these two extremes. Aaron, what has your reaction been to this important conversation? I think we need to give celebrities stuff to do because Mm -hmm. this is the chatter of a group of people who are very, very bored. Um, I think there are a lot of like serious dimensions to this conversation, you know, beyond, oh, does Jake Gyllenhaal stink? Um, First of all, like there's environmental concerns around showering and using a ton of hot water every day Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. water shortages are a factor in whether or not people should be doing that en masse. There's also like a long history of disenfranchising or stigmatizing different groups of people because there is a belief among a more uh, dominant group that those people are like unclean or dirty. Mm -hmm. So there's a sort of like historically fraught aspect to it too. Like, but all those things aside... I really hope people know that you can't really tell if you smell bad. If you gradually got to a point where you smell bad, your nose is blind to it. Yes. So I think it's really important just out of courtesy to the people around you to at least rinse off, you know? But Mm -hmm. at the same time, uh, you know, I I didn't really need to hear about Dwayne The Rock Johnson's showering. Gideon, (laughs) same question for you. I, I, I want none of this nor do i care about any of it i think i the parentheses situation with the varieties of temperatures that the rock is pursuing uh is bizarre i don't need to know that um i'm the kind of person personally that is like this is just part of the routine that i have in my day-to-day i'm not really thinking about it a lot i'm not really like super enjoying it either to be perfectly honest i'm like showering is like brushing my teeth it's just the thing that happens that i gotta do and then i move on 
Um, so the idea that there is a massive discourse that has been built around either not doing it or doing it an insane amount with varying temperatures is <laughs> deeply foreign to me and uninteresting. I'm going to go a step further, Gideon, and say that for me, showering is kind of like washing dishes. Like, I ha- mm. you have to do it, but do I like mm-hmm. it? I actually don't really like showering. I, I don't like being wet. I don't like being cold. Just get me in, get me out, get me on my way. I would rather, like jump in a big pool of water than than take a shower but showering is the best most of us normal non-wealthy celebrities have exactly um invite me to your pool the rock i will take a parentheses cold dip into it to (laughs) clean myself uh just like that we have checked our temps uh bathe if you can but you know the respectable amount and we'll be back after some ads What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. 
Aside from being the largest wildfire in the country right now, the Dixie Fire in California has become the second largest fire in the state's history. So far, it has burned over 460,000 acres, and it was only 21% contained as of this weekend. Luckily, recent cool temperatures and humidity are helping to slow down its growth. No deaths have been reported so far, but over 100 buildings were destroyed, including the historic downtown of Greenville. The cause of this fire is still under investigation, but previously fire-causing utility giant Pacific Gas and Electric admitted that its equipment may have played a part. The company was recently prosecuted and became bankrupt over their involvement with large fires in the state just three years ago. Perhaps we should stop letting these people near things that are combustible. They don't seem to be able to handle it. Yeah, my goodness. The Taliban seized more regional capitals in Afghanistan over the weekend, continuing their violent takeover of cities since the ongoing withdrawal of U.S. and allied troops. Since last week, the Taliban has captured four capitals, including yesterday's takeover of the strategic northern capital, Kunduz. Government officials and journalists there reported heavy clashes and civilian casualties. The Taliban's aggressive advances are the latest in a series of blows to Afghan government forces as the U.S. and allies are pulling out troops after two decades in the country. A White House official told the Associated Press that the administration plans to stick to its plans to withdraw the troops despite gains that the Taliban is making. Google co-founder Larry Page must have searched, how do I prepare for society's imminent collapse? He recently gained residency status in New Zealand following a trend of billionaires quietly securing accommodations on the remote and famously secure island. Page took advantage of a residency visa called Investor Plus, which opens the country's tight borders to anyone who can invest $7 million domestically. His visa application was approved in February of this year at a time when the country was essentially closed off to non-residents. Page's Silicon Valley peer, Peter Thiel, who co-founded PayPal and crushed Gawker, RIP, got citizenship yeah. in New Zealand in 2017. The Global Sustainability Institute at Anglia Ruskin University named the country the best place to survive the apocalypse for its small population, renewable energy, and abundant supply of fresh water, though it is absolutely crawling with orcs. <laughs> it is. Um, beware of anybody talking about man flesh there. They... Uh... They mean it in the orc way. I'm just going to say it. Um, <laughs> Florida governor and computer-generated character from a wrestling game on PS3, Ron DeSantis, suffered a setback in his fight to turn schools into a safe space for coronavirus. DeSantis' executive order that prohibits schools from enforcing mask mandates is now facing two legal challenges. They are both from parents who want to protect their children. At the heart of the lawsuits is the idea that Florida's constitution guarantees a safe school environment for kids. The state has emerged as a national COVID hotspot, accounting for one in five of the nation's new COVID cases just last week. So the parents have good standing to say, this environment is not safe, and the governor's demand that my child hold a little doormat under his face that says, welcome home, COVID isn't helping. Mm -hmm. Children under 12 still aren't eligible for the vaccine, which makes the issue of mask mandates in schools even more pressing. Still, when it comes to public health, DeSantis seems committed to standing in the way. And those are the headlines. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review. If you're DeSantis, please get out of the way and tell your friends to listen. And if you are into reading and not just each and every celebrity's views on personal hygiene like me, <laughs> What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Aaron Ryan. I'm Gideon Resnick. And take, and our, take money, our money, New, New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah. I have seven million to spare. I'm I'm filling out the app right now. 
What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun and Jazzy Marine are our associate producers, and Kelly Sadikun is our intern. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. I'm Oren Siegel, and I've been fighting extremism, anti-Semitism, and hate for more than 20 years. You should subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, to get a unique perspective on the daily work and the people who have dedicated their lives to exposing, fighting, and disrupting extremism, anti-Semitism, and all forms of hate. We bring you the stories of people and communities not only impacted by hate, but who offer new perspectives and ways to push back. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts.